God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. Praise God. There's, there's something that I've been reflecting on as we're coming into a new year, a new season. I feel that we've turned a corner in the spiritual realm. It's hard to articulate, but those who are, let's say, those who pay attention to what the Holy Spirit does, you can, you can start to sense. I've heard some of you say, well, I, feel, I felt the presence of God in that place, or I felt the peace, or I felt that sort of thing. As you begin to praise and worship, you, you feel a shift. You feel something happening. And, and, and you can choose to press in. When I say press in, that means go deeper. What does that mean? I'm trying to articulate something that we do in the physical that represents the spiritual. And there is that transition. It's like you're standing out in the rain or you're going to come inside. See, we can stand outside and complain that it's cold and it's wet. All the while, we just have to step in. Same with your praise and your worship. We can say we don't like the music, we don't like the song, we don't like the singer, we can say whatever. But the worship isn't that. The worship is you. You are the worshiper. He says he seeks true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. See, it's not... This isn't a social club. Church is a social club. Although we are social, we do social things. And I love meeting with my church family. But there's so much more that I want you to experience. There's so much more that I want you to have in your life. I'm sick and tired of the, the church being attacked, being ridiculed. Everyone else has rights and a voice except for the Christian. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to get pushed around. I'm that preacher that will preach the unpopular message. I'm sorry, but I work for the Lord. Why does everyone else get a voice, but we don't? And are you going to stand for it? I know I will, but are you, the church, the body of Christ, going to stand for it? I'm sick and tired of, of, of the church, us in the church, me and you walking in, in sickness and disease and walking in depression and worry and fear and doubt and anxiety, all these things that plague us all. When we have Jesus, the source, the provider, the healer, the way maker, the chain breaker, he is the one, the great I am. But we, we, there's something, there's a disconnect. Why aren't we experiencing those things? They're available to us. And this is what I know for sure. Mm. He is able. God is able. Whatever your need is, whatever the situation is, whether it be relational, Children acting not acting right. Your money's not acting right. Your job, your boss ain't acting right. The, the people that you associate, your body may not be acting right. Your mind may not be where it needs to be. You're struggling with different things. This is what I know and what it says in Ephesians 3. It says that he can do exceedingly and 
abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. Now, some of you have a great imagination. But what are you using it for? I can think up some grandiose things, but can I think up the right things? See, some of you think and imagine the worst case scenario. It's always dark, it's always gloomy, it's always from a place of fear or insecurity or worry or doubt. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to explore the possibility of using that same imagination, that same wonderful mind God's blessed you with to think of hope, of peace, of love, of prosperity, of healing, of victory. Because if he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask or imagine, one, that verse, let's break it down. It's called exergeting the verse. What are you asking for? Maybe not verbally, but what are you thinking about? Because thought precedes actions. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The world calls it through a psychology a Freudian slip. See, the world understands some of the things that God has, but they think they discovered it. It wasn't Freudian. God said in the Bible long before he discovered it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thought precedes actions. If you don't like, and, and results stem from actions. If you don't like the results you're currently getting, change your actions. Before you can change your actions, you got to change your thoughts. Before you can change your thoughts, you got to change what's going into it. What are your conversations like? What are you looking at? What are you reading? What are you watching? Who are you fellowshipping with? If you want new and better results coming into 2020, into this new year, God is sitting waiting with a basket of goods. We just got to start. But are you willing to? Change isn't always easy. My mom used to have this saying, it's better the uh, people describing situations, sometimes they will gravitate to the same old thing. The Bible says it like this, a dog will return to its vomit. Sometimes we return to our sinful lives, our old way of thinking, our old past. Why? Because it's comfortable. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Well, I'm here to say the opposite. Charge forward. Move forward. You're already used to the, the, your current situation. How about it's time for something new? How about the church begin to walk in victory and power and peace and soundness of mind? But here's the thing, there's going to be pain either way. You can sit in the pain that you're in, or you can have the pain of growth, pain of increase. And with that, you have the victory. Mm. More than you ask or imagine. Let me tell you this story briefly, uh, found in Exodus 17, um, speaking of Moses. And what I want to equate is how the physical experience Affects the spiritual. How the physical affects the spiritual. I call this slide, keep your hands up. Moses was leading the children of Israel through the desert. They were slaves in Egypt. They're leaving that place. They're going through the desert. And lo and behold, here's this group of people, this other nation called the Amalekites, and they start making war against them. Israel's just trying to pass through. They don't want to mess with them. They're just trying to pass through, and the Amalekites are coming and messing with them. 
And he said, all right, well, we're going to have to fight. Lesson number one, I'm just throwing this in. You're going to get a bunch of little freebies. It's okay to defend yourself. Someone's picking on you. It's okay to defend yourself. It's okay to speak up. It's okay to put your dukes up. I know some of the, turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek is when someone insults you to overlook an insult. Someone's beating you up. You got to put your dukes up. Don't take a beating. You got to fight back. People of God, right here, under God's direction, are fighting back. Moses, under instruction of the Lord and the Spirit, told Joshua, go pick some men. You go out there and take care of this. I'm going to take the staff of God, and I'm going to go to the mountaintop, and I'm going to hold the staff of God up. Lesson number two, lift God up. All times and all situations, whatever you're going through, whatever fight, whatever battle that you're in, God's got to be lifted up. You can't engage it directly all the time in the physical. First, lift God up. You're in a challenge, a situation at work or with your partner at school, whatever the situation is, first, lift God up. Then, deal with the situation after he's given you directions. The directions that the Lord gave to Moses was, hold the staff up. And when you hold the staff up, I'm going to release my angels to help Joshua with this battle. And as the battle was raging on, Moses became tired. And his arms started to drop. And as his arms dropped and the, the, the staff that represented God began to become lowered, Joshua started to lose and the Amalekites started to take victory. We've got to lift God up. Luckily, this is where lesson two, three, where am I? Four, five. Here's the next one. Surround yourself with people, godly people who will help you. Aaron, the high priest, and her, one of his buddies, they came and rolled a stone under Moses because the battle's taken all day. Some of you can't raise your hands long enough through one or two worship songs. Here he is holding a staff up throughout a whole battle. Come on, somebody. Huh? I've been there. Oh, my hand's getting numb. It's getting tingly. Lord, you're not worth it. I'm going to put it down. I'm just going to sing. He's worthy. A sacrifice of praise. So they rolled the stone under him. Aaron on one side, her on the other, holding up his arms. We need our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to help us. Don't fight the fight alone. Not only was Joshua down there with the young men, the older men were praying and worshiping and holding up God and helping each other so that together they could win this victory. He had to keep his hands up for the victory to be won. His physical posture affected the spiritual results. What happens in the unseen world is affected by what we do here in the flesh. Angels are at work all the time around us. And I know some of you don't. I'm going to give you some scripture verses for that. He says, I will give my angels charge over you. He releases angels on our behalf. I know. Some of you don't believe in spirits. What do you think the disembodied spirits of... That's, never mind. I'll get, that's a lesson for another day. We can, we can, I'll give you all the Bible you need for that. Now, you're going to get some here in a little bit when I go to Daniel. Praise God. Who loves the Lord? Say amen. amen. There's a connection between our physical and the spiritual. Here's what I know. Faith, prayer, praise, and worship are an unseen, but they're a tangible substance in the prayer world. 
Revelation talks about angels gathering the prayers of the saints in bowls and censers and bringing them to the feet of Jesus. What are they gathering unless it's something tangible in the spiritual realm? See, we operate in two realms. You're a body, you live in a body, but you're not the body, you're a spirit. When the spirit leaves, because we know healthy people who die in their sleep, what happened? Their body was healthy, it was strong, the spirit left. Listen and obey. Timothy, 1 Timothy 2.8. In every place of worship, I want men and women to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. We are instructed to lift up holy hands. Some of you say, well, I don't see why i got to lift my hands in prayer. It's an instruction, one, in the Bible. Two, it represents a sign of surrender. We're, Lord, I can't handle it. I give it all to you. I'm lifting up holy hands. I don't know if that needs explanation, but you got to be right with God. Now, that's okay. If you come in and you weren't, you got time. You can get right. It doesn't take a long time. Just confess it to the Lord. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Anything. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. It doesn't mean that we have a license to sin. It means we have an advocate with the Father, and he's faithful and just to forgive us. Amen? So make yourself right. Lift up holy hands, a sign of surrender unto the Lord. It's an instruction given to us. But it says, without anger or controversy. Don't grumble. I don't feel like raising my hand. I don't want to. I feel uncomfortable. I feel weird. I don't want to do that. I don't want to lift up my voice. I don't want to walk towards the front. I don't want to kneel at the altar. I don't want to do these things. This is a modern-day church, post-Christian era way of thinking. The church, according to the world, has been reduced down to feelings and intellect. I'll, I'll share a verse on it. Like, well, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I get it. I got some feelings too about some of the verses. But what you feel about what God says doesn't matter. I'll give you an example, earthly example. Let's say I'm going down the road and I feel like 85 is a good speed. Pew, pew. Law enforcement officer comes and says, hey, you were going a little too fast. Well, I feel your speed limit's not right. How's that going to work? Do you think he cares about your feelings? I don't feel good or comfortable about you giving me a ticket. I think you're being authoritarian and tough and brash. You shouldn't use the rules against me. That's unfair. Did he write the, the laws or the rules? Can we get mad at the officer for enforcing or reminding you in some way or fashion what the rules are? You guys know where I'm going with this. So how are you going to get mad at the pastor? Reading this word to you. Reminding you what it says. Encouraging you to follow it. Not to beat you up with it. Because there's a reason why he put it in there. For we have life and life more abundantly. So we can have victory. When we encourage you to worship. It's not for my benefit. I get my worship on. I know how to worship. I want you to experience what I've learned to experience. And more. Because if I can teach you what I know, what it took me 44 years to learn, you can take it and go further. 
You don't have to go through the time and struggle that I have when I can pray for you and you can learn from me and take it further. I expect my kids and all of you to take whatever you learn from me and take it further. So we got to take a different perspective. It's not about what we think or what we feel. Sometimes we say, well, I feel humble, therefore, I, because I feel humble, I don't want to kneel. I don't want to bow before the Lord. Mm. Well, people are going to look at me. No, no one's not looking at you. And it don't matter if they are. It's between you and God. I don't want to raise my hands. I feel uncomfortable. People are going to, no. First Timothy tells us, raise up holy hands. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all you people. Bow before the Lord. These are forms and acts of worship, but we'll feel like we don't want to or we'll think we don't need to, and it stops us. It's a lie from the enemy stopping you from your true blessings. I just want to encourage you. Sometimes God is molding us and helping us, and we got to step out of our comfort zones. I want true blessings. I want victory for all of us going into this next year. And in part of that and doing that, we've got to get to another level of prayer and, excuse me, prayer and fasting brings breakthrough. Because we know what we do in the physical is translated into spiritual. And here's some interesting things. There's a lot of examples of fasting in the Bible, and I'm going to try to march through this pretty quick here. And it's biblical, and it should happen. And here we see in Matthew 6.16, not if you fast, but when you fast. This is Jesus talking. Assuming you already have a fasting lifestyle. When you fast so that... It will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. Your Father who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. There is a reward for praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. If you're just fasting, you're just on a miserable diet. You've got to be praying and fasting. Praying and fasting. We, we, we see in scriptures that there are many forms and examples. Moses laid and fasted before the Lord for 30 days, two times. Laid before the Lord for 30 days. Daniel fasted for 21 days. Ruth encouraged all the people to fast for three days, no drink or water. We, drink, we know uh, when, who was that? Uh, Nineveh, the king and all the people, from the king all the way to the babies and the animals, fasted before the Lord. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. We're supposed to follow what Jesus done. I'm not saying start with a 40-day. No, no, no. You might want to start somewhere less than that. But this is something that changes our life and should be a regular part of our life. When we read in Daniel 10... This is what's called the 21-day fast. And people have asked me about this. And why 21 days? What's going on? The reason why the, we'll call it the Daniel fast is so popular, because you can eat. I like that fast. Let me, let me eat some food. So in Daniel 
10, it says, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. That, that, that word mourning is also translated as humbling, is also fasting. And it explains it. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine to my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all for three whole weeks were fulfilled. He was fasting and he was praying. We know that he prayed three times a day as we read the scriptures. No thing. So pretty much he became a vegetarian during that time. Water and vegetables. Now, I'm going to encourage us to consider going into 2020 with prayer and fasting. Breakthrough comes by prayer and fasting. How do we know that? There's something different that happens when you pray and fast. I'm not saying that you currently aren't praying. Because we know through a, a story in Matthew and in Mark when the disciples were casting out demons and a certain man brought his son before the disciples and they tried to cast him out and they could not. They had been. They were praying for people. They prayed for him and it didn't happen. Then Jesus came. Woo, somebody. Then Jesus came. Brother Daryl. Then Jesus came. If we only knew how to call upon the Lord, we could get him to come. When we as his disciples pray and it doesn't happen, then Jesus and Jesus came to him, and, they, and, and Jesus says unto him, This kind cometh forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. The verse before that, he calls them an unbelieving generation. He's talking to his disciples. He's rebuking them a little bit. Although they had success in casting out others, in this one they couldn't because there was, some, there was a difference. They didn't have enough belief. Sometimes you're going to come into it, you, you can pray for the little things, but can you pray for the big things? You can pray for someone who's got a runny nose and a cough, but can you pray for that person in a wheelchair? Oh, see, it just got uncomfortable, didn't it? You can pray for someone who's just having a tough day, but can you go to a hospital and pray for those who are bedridden? Ouch, right? It just got awkwardly silent in here. But we're called to pray for the sick, cast out, heal the oppressed. It even tells us to raise the dead. Ooh, that's a little scary, a little weird. I get it. But there's something distinctly different. He tells them this one, this type, comes out by prayer and fasting. What does he mean, this one? Who is he talking about? That spirit that was tormenting that child from birth was apparently a strong one. And you've got to come. Now, if, if, if you're going to get in a wrestling match with someone big, you better come bringing it. Right? You've got to be, have working out. You've got to know your moves. You've got to know your stuff. Right? Knowing your moves and, and knowing your stuff, being ready for it is your prayer and your fasting. It's how you become spiritually strong. How you increase your faith is through that time of fasting. And, and, and when we read in the story of Daniel, Daniel says that... The spirit, the angel of the Lord came to him. Gabriel came as a messenger angel. You read it in Daniel. 
um, chapter 10. If you read that whole story, it's in there. It's a great story. It says, after 21 days of fasting, Gabriel came and said, The Lord dispatched me the day you first started praying. Yet, the prince of Persia stopped me. What's the prince of Persia? He's a, he's a, a demonic angel who tried to stop the messenger angel. I know this sounds out there. It sounds like a fairy tale. It's in the Bible. You believe the word of God. And he says, I was withheld for 21 days. Then Michael, the archangel, came, and he took care of that. I was able to come to you. So here's the thing. Daniel's prayers weren't being answered the first 21 days. Although God dispatched the answer. Some of you have been praying, don't stop. Daniel didn't, excuse me, he didn't stop. And the angel of the Lord came, and he got his message. And then he says, I got to go back and help Michael. Because the prince of Persia is who he's dealing with, but the prince of Greece is on his way. And so it's heavenly war, heavenly warfare. And this is what God wants. He wants to stop you, or excuse me, Satan wants to stop you from growing experiencing new breakthrough in your life, and there's wars in the heavenly, because God sees some of you, uh, Satan sees some of you are growing, and God's dispatching angels on your behalf, but you've got to keep on keeping on. Don't quit. You want to see results? Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop praying, and I want to encourage you to start, if you haven't already, to fast and pray. This type comes out by prayer and fasting. It's all about disconnecting from the world and connecting to God. Daniel said, I didn't eat anything pleasurable. I just ate. Kind of like fuel. Some of you just put unleaded it because it's cheap. The best is for you is the premium. That's the best for your engine. But it's expensive. Comes at a price. He was just eating the basic fuel. Just to stay alive. Jesus went with none for 40 days. Moses went with none. Joshua, all those. Here's, here's what I'm getting at. When you give up what is pleasurable and desirable to you, when you turn off the TV and you pick up the Bible, when you don't go to that place of entertainment and you go to your prayer closet, that builds up your spirit, man. There's something wonderful that happens. There's something powerful that happens. Your spirit man is built up. Your faith is increased. Your prayers become more powerful and effective. Personal consecration affects your favor. You want favor going into 2020? I want favor for you. I want blessings for you, miracles, breakthrough, peace of mind, comfort, joy. Personal consecration, prayer, fasting. Praise and worship. These are the ingredients. Let's say it like this. If, if this is my passing lane and I'm a quarterback and I'm throwing out blessings, I'm throwing out peace, I'm throwing out comfort, I'm throwing all these things out, you got to get in the lane to receive it. It's all about aligning yourself with God. That means I can't be over here dabbling in this little sin. It's, you know, it's just for me. I can't be over here doing this thing that I should be doing, this little thieving or gossiping or whatever it is. I got to align myself with God. I got to get in the passing lane so I can receive what it is that he's throwing to all of us at all times. The question is, are you in a position to receive it? Prayer and fasting, praise and worship 
gets you into the position to receive the favor and blessing of God. If you get it, say amen. I'm going to bring this in for a landing real quick here. When I give up desirable things, I become desirable to God. I'm going to test your theology right now. God loves everyone. For God so loved the world. There's a difference between God's love and God's favor. He only called a few his friend. He only called a few a man after his own heart. His friend. Someone favorable. High esteemed. Daniel, when the angel of the Lord said to, came to him, he says, Daniel... You are desirable to God, or you are highly esteemed of the Father. Enoch walked and talked with God, and God took him because he was God's friend. Abraham, who prayed and fasted and obeyed God, was called God's friend. David, although he was a sinful man at times, knew how to worship, danced before the Lord, worshipped him. When he was running from his uh, enemies, the first thing he grabbed wasn't a sword or a spear. He grabbed his harp. So he says, I can worship the Lord. Because he knew that his victory would come through his worship. Through aligning himself with God. That's what I'm trying to encourage you. Align yourself with God through prayer, fasting, praise and worship. Here at church and at your house. There's a worksheet on the back table I'm going to encourage people to take a look at. We're going to, I'm, in, I'm saying starting in um, January, the first Sunday in January, that we go into a season of prayer and fasting as a church. I want you to become favorable in God's eyes. He loves all of you dearly. His love is free. His love is a gift. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Now, I don't want anyone to get me wrong, from, uh, misquote me on this. God loves you all. He gives favor as a gift, but that favor needs to be stewarded and nurtured and taken care of. And you want to walk in that favor, you have to stay in the lane. Hmm. Are, are you getting me? You can't walk in God's favor and be at the whorehouse. Right? Can't be robbing a bank and be in God's favor. It, it doesn't work that way. But when you're in the lane, doing what God called you to do, and then some. Say, and then some. Because some of you are already praying, like the disciples were praying, but you're still not meeting with victory yet. You haven't received that breakthrough yet, because it's on its way. But he told his disciples, this one, this type, comes up by prayer and fasting. There's something separate and distinct and more powerful about that. It's another, like the secret ingredients. Ooh, this tastes so good. What did you put in it? Mmm, a little fasting. Huh? I'm trying to tell you, sprinkle some fasting. Get some fasting in there. So now, listen. I know there's medical needs. There's situations in your life, dietary needs, things you can't do a complete... Water-only fast. Your body's going to shut. Consult your doctor. See what you can do. Maybe, for you, fasting is just turning off ESPN. Or Days of Our Lives. Whatever it is. Maybe it's uh, turning off your Snapchat. Maybe it's turning off your Facebook. Maybe that's a fast for you. Some of you are like, oh, don't she, ask the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you. If you're making that face, you probably need to do it. I'm just saying. 
but do something. And whatever you commit to, whether it's a three-day fast, six-day fast, nine-day or 21 days, or if you think you're powerful enough, you're going to go for 30 or 40 days, God bless you. I'm probably just going to do 21 without eating some veggies. Jesus, help me. I've done it before. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some sacrifice. I'm not going to lie to you. But what I want to encourage you to do, do something. Give up something that's desirable to you so that you will become more desirable to God. That's scripture. Read, read the story in uh, Daniel chapter 10. By making those sacrifices and spending time with God, you become more desirable, more favorable to him. And when you are in good rapport with the Father, your prayers are powerful and effective. Amen? Praise God. Please sign up. Do something. Whatever you decide to do, stick with it for whatever time that you do it. I need you to do it. The church needs you to do it. I want to see the breakthrough in your life. I believe this is one of the keys to a breakthrough. Amen? Praise God. One last thing.